Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 358 featuring Raf Grassetti, art director at the Santa Monica Studios of, uh, uh, of Sony. <laughs> uh, Raf is just an absolutely incredible artist uh, that I have met through uh, our mutual good friend, uh, Ian Spriggs. We met at THU and I've been following his work and he's done some absolutely fascinating things uh, in terms of his art, but also he uh, has been doing really smart things in terms of art, in terms of the NFT market. And we'd get deeply converse, uh, deep conversation about that, uh, which gets very, very interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Kristen, what did you think of Raf and, uh, and the amazing stuff that he's done? Yeah, well, like you said, amazing artists. And you talk about just kind of how he has his own unique spin on his creations that kind of sets him apart. Um, mm -hmm. And he also talks about how he's grown his Instagram during the pandemic. From, I think it was like 100,000 to 700K, which is just insane. Um, mm -hmm. And just you guys talk about kind of how he's adapted to the work from home status, which instead of commuting has given him that extra time to create more art. And like uh, you guys talk about the NFTs. Um, and he's also worked with um, Sotheby's and Christie's to sell yeah. some of his art, which is insane um yeah. but he has yeah he talks about like just the collectors now of, of his work um and you guys also get into the board ape yacht club which you explain yep. which is discord and that he also has his own club that he has created on discord so you guys go talk a lot of yeah a lot of stuff yeah the, the board Ape yacht club is actually is is our, our nfts but that they have their own discord and i'm talking about you know a lot of people think that the board Ape yacht club is just a bunch of jpegs but it's actually a whole, whole community that's on discord and what i think is amazing is that raf did the exact same thing with his community he's created a community of people that collect his art through his own discord and they be become their own thing. So it is just kind of an amazing thing. And we talk a lot about Web3. He is totally the Web3 artist out there, which is really kind of a really cool thing. Uh, and he, he also states like very, some very important things. He's not actually trying to sell you on this is the future of art on what he's trying to do. He's just basically someone who's very smart and thinks about it. Uh, he is also very smart about how, uh, besides being a good artist, he's very good about how he markets his art and how he does that. Like you said, he took his community, uh, his his followers from 100,000 to 700,000, uh, which is, uh, you know, sevenfold growth in one year. It's pretty <laughs> amazing uh, in a lot of ways. So really great to have Raf on. I was very excited. I've been wanting to talk to him for a while. I think it was great to have a, almost a whole year of this NFT trend in the art world happen before I sort of found out, you know, how things are going. So awesome to have him on. Now, we don't necessarily have any events, but we do have some big news, don't we, Kristen? Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so the big news is, uh, as some of you may know, there's been a press release that came out last week. Uh, but pretty much the news is that Chaos and uh, and Enscape have merged as a company. It is now We're now a much bigger and more interesting company. We are basically creating a huge comprehensive end-to-end -end 3D visualization ecosystem as, as with these two companies. And it's kind of a big deal. Now, what does that imply for everything? Uh, well, there's, uh, there's a lot to, to read into it all of this is still you know uh, uh in the works as they say uh but for now definitely for now nothing has changed with our products none of these products are are going away in fact uh our products are going to be growing even more uh with the with the idea of this merger so super exciting to see that and very happy that uh that chaos is uh is, is part of this new new future so um and we uh, Kristen and i are working very hard to get you uh, a podcast where we're going to be able to get are much more of these questions for you. But if you do have questions about the merger and you'd like to ask uh, those questions so that I can put them on the podcast, I'll go ahead and let us know as soon as possible. So we'll, we'll try to get those uh, questions answered to you. And for that, <laughs> if people want to ask those questions or get in touch with us for the podcast, Kristen, where can they go? You can go to facebook.com slash cggaragepodcast or chaos.com slash cggarage. And if you'd like to watch us, go to youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv. Perfect. And if you have just want to email us directly with some questions about this podcast, other podcasts, or anything about, you know, you want to know about the merger, just go ahead and email us, labs at chaosgroup.com, and we will make sure to get uh, as much of your suggestions out there as possible. Uh, and of course, don't forget to leave us uh, a rating and a review on Apple Podcast and share this with all of your friends and family. But for now, please enjoy episode number 358 with Raf Grassetti. Welcome to another CG Garage. 
where the chaos group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. And while image-based lighting is really swell, you need to make sure everything has for now. Before, but they're pretty casual, so. Okay. <laughs> I might, I might. Me, just, just us hanging out, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> How you been? Sounds good. You've been good. Yeah? Pretty good. Yeah. Just keeping busy. How you been? Uh, you know, uh, it's just a, a crazy, crazy, interesting, fascinating world we're living in, which I actually have a lot of questions to you about. That's for I'm sure. excited to ask. Uh, but uh, before we get into some of the stuff that you're doing, that's really kind of cutting edge in terms of where CG is going. Uh, I'm talking economically speaking as well. Right, right. Uh, I'm also interested uh, in some of your past. So the last, I mean, the, 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 some of the thing, the last time I met was actually, I was introduced to you uh, by Ian, Ian Spriggs at, uh, in Malta, right? That was, I think the first time we met, right? Yeah, yeah. How long ago was that? Maybe four years? Four years. <laughs> this goes by so quickly now. Yeah. Uh, it was probably four years ago, yeah, which was a lot of a lot of fun. And I've obviously been following your work quite a bit, so I'm excited to have you on. But um, tell me a little bit about, you know, your past, like where, 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 how did you start getting into CG and what got you interested in sculpture and what, what sort of got you to where you are now? Uh, let's see. Well, I, I'm from Brazil. I grew up in Brazil. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, did the whole thing, like, you know, self-thought somewhat, did some courses. When I first got interested in, in 3D, it was like, Back in the days when, you know, there were like flash animations. This is like, I don't know, at this point, 17 years ago, you know, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but I got, you know, thankfully I was introduced to a job in the industry very early when mm -hmm. ZBrush was still not even around. I just, I was just doing animation, you know, more and more a uh, uh, generalist type of guy and then got introduced into advertising, work in advertising. And that was really my school. Um, then when ZBrush came out, that's when I kind of pivot into the digital sculpting, the, the modeling side of things. And, and just, you know, from there, I was just, uh, learning from tutorials. I think CG society was pretty big back then. Um, so it was just, you know, from, from there, I was just started working with character, more focused on character sculpting and then ZBrush just snowball into this career, you know, got, I started making toys for toy companies and slowly just moved into full-time character artists. That's when games uh, got into my life and I've always wanted to move out. So I got, you know, some opportunities to come work uh, in the U.S., in Canada. Uh, this is like 11 years ago and I ended up moving to Canada. Okay. You know, so like long story short, that's kind of how uh, it happened, but it was a natural, it was a natural transition for me. And it kind of made sense to go into games because the industry was growing. Um, and then since then, I've been working with, you know, with video games for for uh, Bioware. And now I'm at Sony. I've right. been, been at Sony for, you know, past nine nine years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by, by obviously, your, your stuff you've done in video games. And, and it's well-renowned for some of the work you did. But was there something specifically about sculpting? I know ZBrush is like probably something that's sort of like bing like once you start using zbrush you you and you get good at it you want to be a sculptor but it was something about sculpture that made it interesting to you in some ways i think yeah i've, I've always been interested in clay i think everybody who get you know kind of start learning art in general you go to like drawing and you start copying stuff you start looking at comic books and all you make that transition and for mm -hmm. me having access to clay from early on, it was something I've always resonated with, but the digital, you know, the modeling poly by poly side of things weren't as fun back then. You know, right. you remember you start, you, I know, do. To, to, <laughs> you know, to do a, a head, it's like, you know, it takes forever. You go like, you know, you build from a certain, there's different ways to do it, but right. it was very, very, uh, you know, just a lot of work. But so mm -hmm. when ZBrush got introduced, it all 
you know kind of made sense and, and it clicked and i've always I, I think i had more um you know maybe it was easier for me than drawing because I've, I've never been really good at drawing and i think the the sculpting side of things you just it was it made sense to me so the digital and zbrush it started to make it more accessible it it just made sense and i was doing some classes back then i've, I've studied with uh, cicero davila and alex oliver and all these guys are masters in digital clay and marble and i i've learned the traditional side of things as well as zbrush was getting their tools up to speed and once right. zbrush was you know made it especially when data mesh came came around and it's just like now you have no limitations and it's just now it's just skill and um for me i've never went back after that i mean i was already doing it but right. i just kind of went heads heads down into like just be, being good at digital sculpting and, and not worrying so much about tools which you know in the game side it's almost the opposite you just have to be good at the tools and making the game so right it's always been like this balance of get, keeping up to speed with technology and then keeping up to speed with art and it's right. it, you know there's a lot of people especially people who you know yourself included like you know how much you have, how much we have to learn it's just it just never it's ends. a lot all yeah. day, every day yeah all day <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah absolutely no i think you're you're absolutely right i think it's fascinating but you know there is there is certain amount of skill that you you, you mentioned these things right there's a certain amount of skill like learning the tool that became important um, and and then as you as you just said it's like once once data mesh kind of involved in, in zbrush then it was then you just have to be a really good artist right <laughs> and yep. focus on that so what what inspired you as an artist besides obviously uh you know what inspired you to 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 do the kind of thing because obviously you have a style of art that is that is founded in in some kind of art history or some kind of reference of art history in some ways that has given you the style that you have. So what, what yep. sort of inspired you in that way? It's funny you mentioned that because to me, it's always been the challenge of doing something. It's never been like, you know, I resonate so much with like classical or, or I resonate so much with like movies that I, I want to do that with my life. It's always been like the challenge of achieving something. So if I would see, if I watch a movie or if I, you know, read a comic book, I'm, it's always the challenge is, to me is like, can I do that? So I've always pursued that that um, achievement in a way. So and, and that that just helped me grow and study. So that's why I've I've been, been you know I've been all over the place, just trying different things, and uh, it's always been more about the challenge of being able to do something and feeling like I, I've accomplished, and I and feeling that I failed as well because that kind of keeps you in your place, right? If you try something new and you realize that. You just you don't know how to do it, and you, something that you, you thought you'd be able to do it, you just you're not ready for it. And that to me just motivates me to just keep going until I've you know I get somewhere. And then when right. I do it, I'll just move to something else. So it's it's always been that challenge, and that's I think that's what kept me inspired through all these years. So you know, to your question, I don't think I've never been specifically about a style, and I think I found my style, if you could say that. Throughout right. the years of trying different things, you know, for from going to more animated, you know, style to then a more realistic, and then finding what I like, what I, what I resonate with. Like I, I like a lot of colors, and I think my work usually the stuff that I, you know, put up on the wall or kind of keep it with me throughout the years is something, you know, it's stuff that pops, and I can kind of be happy with the end result. But it's never been like I'll do this for, for the rest of my life. It's always been having fun and creating you know yeah i what i i find very interesting about your work is that you know i go on the internet right and i look at a lot of stuff especially any stuff that involves digital humans you know i have a passion for some of that mm -hmm. but the minute i see your work i can immediately identify it as your work and oh, it's because you have uh there's a certain way that the the faces look mm -hmm. and the expressions that they have there's an expression that you emote through your sculptures that no one else does except for you is that something that did you do you know that or is it is it do you realize that a little bit well first of all thank you i think that means a lot especially you know even if it's uh, subconsciously i think it it it's good to hear that and i i've had i had conversations with people where they they would say stuff like that where you know i had a friend that's like uh you know the lead animator at sony when he comment on things and i've always picked pick his brain on like what 
why do you like it? You know, that kind of stuff. And、mm-hmm. he talked about like, you know, you know, something with the eyes or like they don't know how to explain it, but it just, you just relate to it. But I've always、right. been interested about the human psychology of like, why do you like it? I think that speaks a lot about social media in general as well. Of like, if you're doing a work that you wanted to, you know, not just social media, but like, you know, if you make a production, like a game, and you, you need to, At least understand why people resonate with something, where to focus on, what's important for the for the image, right? If it's, like you said, the digital portraits, it's like, it's amazing, but it's not for everyone, right? And it's、um, finding the successful cases with that as well and why does it work? Why, you know, what can I bring that to my own piece? So finding those things is interesting, but I, I, I don't think a lot of the stuff that I do is successful that way, but I, I'm always trying to search for. You know what to carry over to the next thing, you know, if it's there's something that works. Yeah, I think I think it's great.、Uh, you know, and I, I've, I've noticed, you know, I've, I've obviously, like,、uh, I've, like I said, I've been following your work and I've been following Ian's work too, you know, and I've seen some of that evolution that Ian's has had as in his own work over time.、Yep. And I think, I think it's really interesting. To see that through、uh, people like yourselves, right? Because I think a lot of times you see a lot of people out there learning how to do digital humans and are like, this is good, is this good, is this good? But I think that you guys have sort of achieved a certain different level, but now you guys are trying to find the next level that's、right. much more personal, much more about you as an artist, and、uh, that I think is, is no longer trying to beat down that door of. Did I get out of the Uncanny Valley or whatever、cool. else that is? You know what I mean? And so it's really kind of fascinating to see, to see that evolution of style through, through what you guys are, are doing. Yeah. It's funny、uh, too, you mentioned,、uh, sorry to interrupt you, but go, go ahead, talking about Ian, because I've, I've always learned so much, you know, talking with him about his work, because I know he, even though he is looking for the digital portrait, the, the, the realism, you know,、mm-hmm. that stuff is there. And then the, The more the years go by, the more people will be able to do it, right? Because the tools become more accessible and、sure. there's some presets and things you can pull from. But the attention to detail and even talking about the reason why he would do certain, certain things. And it's, you know, even when talking, it's, just, it's eye-opening because he, I, you, know, you start to understand the care that he has, about, you know, with the, first of all, the subject, where he's pulling his references from. Like he's always using. You know, something that people kind of relate to because he used old paintings and, and replicate certain feelings, right? And that, to your point, is what makes it what it is, right? Like he has、right. certain things where it's very rare you find someone that can do it as good as he, he can because, you know, he's been doing it for so long, but also he is searching for that next thing. What is the human connection? You know, why are people going to relate to this? Maybe there's, you know, He's seen it, the painting or the reference somewhere, but even, even if you don't make that connection, it is on your, your mind. And you Subconscious, just, yeah. Yeah, you appreciate it for, for what it is. So I, I have you know, major respect for what he does.、So、yeah, I, 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 I do too,、uh, but I certainly don't want to take away from the, the respect I have for your work because I'm fascinated by this and I'm going to sort of get to some of the things that are inspiring in a lot of ways. But before I do that, Alyssa, I want to get a little, couple, a little bit more history behind you and talk a little bit about Sony and where you, what you've been doing at Sony and some of the projects you worked on. So can you tell people a little bit about some of those projects and what are some of the things you've worked on、uh, over the years over there? Yeah, 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 definitely.、Um, I was very fortunate. Like when I moved to EA,、uh, I moved to Canada and I worked at、mm-hmm. BioWare for a year and I was as a senior character artist and I was pretty much making assets and, and Having fun, like it's just a miss those days where it was,、mm-hmm. life was simple, you know.、Um, but then、uh, I had the opportunity to come to move to Sony and I work as a supervisor. And it was a VSG, which is a visual, studio, visual services group for Sony.、Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to touch on a lot of different things because, you know, as a service group, you, you, have, you work on different projects. You, you know, it's kind of like an outsourcing house, but for Sony. So it's a lot more family, you know.、Mm-hmm. Um, So, I, I worked on many different projects and I saw a lot of different pipelines. So, I was very fortunate to be able to do that. Sure. And, and then I was,、uh, you know, I had a, the, the, an offer to come to Santa Monica, which is still within the Sony family. And I got transferred、uh, to work as a senior character artist there. And then I've been with Sony, Santa Monica for all these, you know, eight, eight nine years now, working, working primarily on the God of War franchise. 
Uh, so it was, you know, it was an amazing project. I was very happy to work from from the ground up and kind of reinvent the franchise with Corey and the rest of the team. So it's been, you know, my favorite project by far that I had a mm-hmm. chance to work on. And, you know, I was very successful and I'm still, now I'm art directing for Sony for the next one. Okay. You know, so it's been more of uh, that transition into, you know, the art direction role. I was doing some of that, you know, towards the end of the last project, but now it's been full-time art directing and, you know, building the team and executing on projects, scope scope side of things. And that, and that transition, it's less art, more about working with the team and um, right that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's I mean, what's a have you always have you always had a passion for games? Have you is that one of the things you've been, you've always been excited about? Yeah. 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 Most definitely. Uh, growing okay. up, I think I've I've been in that generation from yep. the PlayStation transitions and uh, playing the games and having memories. I still yeah. do, you know, and now I do it more for research than than anything. But I still play a lot of the games that comes out for sure. Do you feel like? Do you feel that 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 um, working in games kind of makes playing games harder to enjoy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think to, to be honest, like making art in general makes game less enjoyable, just because if at least for me, I've always been like if I play something or if I watch something, I've I just I need to you know either do a sketch or create something just because I'm inspired, and right. then that cycle just never ends. Like I was just watching, you know, last season of um, Boba Fett, and I'm like, oh, I'm just, I have so much stuff to do, but I'm like, I'm just gonna do something because I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm inspired. So I try right. not to get too deep into like you know a lot of things because it could be, it could be uh, detrimental for the, <laughs> the day to day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how how much, you know, if you if you if you're talking about your day to day, you're very prolific as an artist as well and you obviously have to create do your day jobs. Like how much t- mm-hmm. how much time do you allow do you allow yourself to be able to do some of your personal work during the uh you know, during the week or whatever? Well, I I've, I've always been a very uh kind of schedule type of person and I mm-hmm. always kind of schedule myself and being very strict to you know, time in general mm-hmm. and I after I had kids it just went to the next level of, of scrutiny with every single hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've, um, I've tried to schedule myself very well, especially for personal projects. So I've tried to, like usually in the mornings, it's more with family and the kids that I, you know, kind of catch up with emails before I start at Sony, right. which is around like 8.30, 9, and then 9.30, you know, depending on, on how busy we are. And then, you know, throughout the day is this full, full time with Sony until, you know, six thirty seven, And then it's family time again. And then from like nine, you know, nine to like one midnight one, it's just, you know, either I am catching up with emails on the personal side of things or I'm just creating stuff, but it's more of right. dedicated time. So I try to at least do like, you know, kind of three hours a day of just personal stuff. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Has the... Has the working from home helped that? <laughs> uh, yeah, just because of the commute. Like I used yeah. to spend at least an hour back and forth yeah. yep. in uh, commuting. And, uh, you know, it's just not not just the time in the car. It's also like, you know, when you get to the studio, you're like either talking to people or just doing a lot more of the social things. And sure. that at least, you know, half an hour to an hour you get. So I got, at least, you know, a couple hours back in my day if you look at it. You know, so I, I'm able to either go go to the gym or um you know watch something that's it's been good it's been well to be honest it's been bad at first because i missed the day-to-day and i've i've went into games because i like to work with people mm-hmm. and um it it definitely took a uh, a hit in terms of production and and working you know being a part of the team and you see that reflect on the, the team members as well people are, are not as attached anymore to a project and you start seeing those things, you know, especially the, as the years go by, like you, you start realizing that those things do make an impact. So on that side, it's, it's not great, but I think life quality of life, I think it, it did improve for sure. That's, that's great. That's yeah. great. They're very, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, I'm in the same boat, like at the two hours of my day was in traffic. And so I feel like I've regained a lot and I can sort of do some interesting things on the side here and there. So I'm excited about that. Uh, where do you, where you live? I live in Burbank, so Burbank oh, to Culver City. That's a long drive every day. <laughs> yeah, I think we're we're close because I was in uh, Lake Balboa. Just oh, okay. Kind of close in driving down to Playa Vista is, is about an hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a drive. Yeah, Lake Balboa is nice. 
nice area. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, listen. Uh, okay, I do want to. I do want to see the. Uh, you know, get into some of the stuff that you've been done doing more recently. So one of the things I, you know, uh, uh, earlier this last year, I guess uh, it's already twenty twenty two. But earlier last year, uh, you know, I was talking to, to to Ian again, and we were talking about um, you know him him trying to venture into some NFT stuff back at the time, and a lot of people were getting into that. Mm-hmm. And then so I sort of uh, was looking at some of his work, and then I stumbled on your work uh, in the NFT market. Uh, and I was, uh, you had done, the series I saw was on all of the, the gods of crypto, <laughs> right? Mm, right, right? Is that what it was called, the series that you did? It was a crypto history. The crypto history, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And... Uh, it's basically uh, busts, I would say, of a bunch of uh, 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 key figures in the crypto world uh, mm-hmm. that you had done. And I was saying, like, Oko, first of all, if you are smart about selling stuff in the NFT market, especially towards those people that are into crypto, that is one of the smartest things you can do is to uh, put these guys on a pedestal, which you literally did. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, and yeah. you uh, you did that, and those, those those sold really well, and they're actually great because they're not just you know the important people of the crypto world, but they're also again in that same style that you set, you have, where you have a certain facial expression, a certain way, and proportions to faces and eyes, and etc. That has your style. What was what motivated you to get into the NFT market? What was some of the things that you thought about that got that in, got you interested in that in that area? Definitely. Um, this one is a hard one to break it down because it, it, everything just kind of happened so fast and it's still happening, right? I yeah. think when I first got introduced to the idea of doing something, it was when, uh, you know, people was starting to put out some stuff and I was just confused by it at first. And uh, I think we all were. And, uh, you know, mixing the, the physical aspect of it as well. And um, to me, I was... I was into crypto before as investing kind of, I was, you know, at least looking at things and then I had some Ethereum from, from uh, a year prior to it, which is, it was a little up, but not, you know, nothing crazy anyways. So I was interested in crypto and then just understanding more about investment in general. Cause I, you know, I got to a point where I was investing on different things and obviously crypto is, is you know, talked about. So it wasn't as new of a thing, a thing for me when I got into an, you know, I was thinking about an idea of what, I could do with it because for the past year I was starting to do a lot more of the comic books and I was trying to grow my social media with doing like daily sketches and, and putting it up and I was able to grow my social media from a hundred K to like 700 K in like, you know, a year and a half. And it was, I was, you know, in, into the mindset of like, try to understand, like we talked about, like what people like, what people resonate with, like how does the social media thing work in general to be able to um, grow grow myself. And I was selling classes at the time. Like it was just for that reason of like getting more of, uh, you know, more of a reach, right? Mm-hmm. So, sorry, I, I went into a tangent just to- No, I, I, that's the, great. <laughs> this is crypto, actually not a tangent. It's important. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, it's important because when yeah. that actually happened to me, clicked into um, what is people are actually looking for? Because even with, with people, right, there's a certain- uh, hype that was created for you know the social media aspect of it. So NFT in general, right? The crypto space. There's a lot of different tangents of like people collect just because they either are very successful with crypto and then they like the art, they like to show off, they like to own something, right? There's the other tangent where people are investors, similar to when there's like different coins and people would buy the coin, speculating that it would go up. So you mm-hmm. find those two groups where either is like this, you know rich person that really appreciates the work and wants to have it and wants to display it or you you get the investor that are kind of looking for more of the speculation side of it. even though they like the art but it's way more speculative um so to me it was the same thing that i did on the game side of things of like how do i actually get some exposure in this industry because it's new for everybody not just because i have all these followers that immediately i will be you know people will just you know buy my stuff right so to me it was like how do i appeal to this community and it was you know how do you know create these uh, important figures that I can mix the art style that I know I could I could execute on and I can put something out there so initially it wasn't necessarily for I want to make you know millions of dollars and I want to bank on this series it's just more how can I get reach out and get visibility 
for I was fortunate enough that some of the first pieces that I sold, some high you know kind of popular collectors that that start buying my stuff, right? And then that got some hype, and you know since then it was just up to me to like how how do I pivot now to do my own stuff, and I've been slowly transitioned into bringing my own style into things and start a you know kind of show people that I can do certain things, and so this past year it's been a lot of uh, I feel like a very specific plan that I set up to transition into the things that I wanted to do because I knew that if I go in with doing like, you know, you know, my just popular stuff with my style, that's not what this market wants to buy or wants to right. invest on. You kind of have to slowly transition into, you know, kind of that, that, uh, the style if, if you, if you could. So basically that. you took, you took what you learned from the social media growth that you had where you developed a following based on seeing what people responded to and then you identified the crypto market said mm -hmm. this is what they respond to then it grew your crypto popularity and allowed you to transition back to what you wanted to do originally yeah yeah i think yeah and the reason why people is so popular right at least part of the reason is because he does things that are relevant to the community right like it does a yes. lot of that and and it's not so much about the art itself. Obviously, the art is something that is part of it, but it's just how he can, you know, be a part of that community. So it's very rare that you find someone like like X Copy is a good example where he has a certain style, but he speaks to that community and it's just more there's art and there is that appeal, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the things that that we do as a, as a, as a CG artist, especially on the character side of things, is it's very rare or very hard to do something to do both like you either do something that's beautiful and or like ian right like it's like it's the craft is impeccable right and it's, it's mm -hmm. just he's a master of that but how do you then appeal to a certain different market where it is more about the relevant the rele relevancy right of the mm -hmm. work um the not just the one piece but more of like how do you create a, a body of work where it's it speaks to more of a collection that's a big big part of it because if someone will buy one piece from you like he he needs to understand that you're going to make more and you're going to appeal to more collectors and you're going to grow this this collector base to make sure his work is you know becomes valuable in the future right because right. you're not just doing a one-off and you're back to doing movie stuff right like then i'm right, just right. i have your work and if i'm not one of those guys that i just want to have your work because of who you are um then it's just kind of you just you know rugging the you're rugging the uh the person basically so yeah it it, it it you know that's why it's complicated and it's new and i think for the people who are involved in the in the collecting to begin with and understand what people are looking for it's hard to you know come up with a plan of like here's what i'm gonna do to make sure it's uh it's uh it's appealing to the the community i guess yeah i think it's really interesting uh and uh to be honest like and you know how much I love Ian's work and his example used that, but Ian does have a story that he's telling, right? Yep. Which is a really good one. He's telling a story about history of art. He's telling a story about the friendship that he has with that person. So he does tell a story, which I think is really good. He yep. goes beyond most CG artists, as you were kind of outlining before, they get really into the technology craft thing and they don't think about the greater, yep. greater expression that they're trying to do. And when Ian started to put stuff on, 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 on uh, NFT market, I thought it was very interesting uh, but it wasn't as like, it's almost seemed like he seemed like a smarter marketer, like a little people is very good at marketing his stuff and understanding. I was like, Oh, here's something. Oh, it makes sense what this is about. And when you did yours, it's like, people love this character. People love this person in the crypto world, right? And they're going to show all of the, uh, of, you know, all the big crypto, uh, people out there like yeah. Mark Cuban and all those guys. And they're like, that is someone they love. And I'm going to give that to them as an NFT. And that just makes sense. You, and understanding your audience is something that I think is fascinating to me in a lot of ways. Uh, what What have you learned about that audience? What have you learned about the NFT audience that I think is, that you think could be an interesting thing uh, down, the, uh, down the line? Or, or where is it going in some ways? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a great question. I mean, there are different aspects, like I said, of yeah. uh, of you know 
that you have to be careful with because it it could be hard for the artist as well. That's why I keep even when people want to get into it, I, I want to make sure people understand what they're getting into it because it's not just you know if someone is actually investing in the work for either you know for these the speculative side of things or they just want to have your work. If you're going into it because you want to make some money, you you're gonna get frustrated because it's not what this is about, right? It's something that I mean that goes for everything, but sure, especially with this where I feel like a lot of people are getting into it because it's the money, it's yeah. about the money. If you haven't been doing works and trying to create a body of work in the past years, like a lot of people do, like if you're gonna start now, it's just it's it's gonna be hard because you need to, you know, put out work very frequently and, and make sure you are feeding the community and building community. I think the community is the big part of it and, and something that people don't see a lot of the time where, you right. know, I actually build a discord group where you can get, you know, you can get uh, into certain channels if you have a piece and we build community that way and you, you can get rewards based on things that you collect. And, yep. uh, you know, I'll, I'll reward people with certain NFTs if they, sell it to a friend to to build that community and they get profits from it's just there's a lot of you are full on web3 my friend <laughs> right you know there are interesting mechanics that that you could play with where yeah. it is more you control the you control resources and and if people are a part of that community they either will get something from it because that's what web3 is is about right. or you know you just do it for the fun of like creating art and being a part of that which is also sure. a part of it right um, but to your point, like the, you know, what I've learned about it is just like, there are the two sides. And I think the people who are very wealthy and, and collect the work, and it's amazing that we even get the chance to have contact with certain, you know, those people, because right. before there was no like bridge, right? Like if, even if people, I've, I've known a lot of people who are following my work for, for decades and they are very successful. They want to be a part of my, my, my story, right? And they want to mm-hmm. be a collect something. They will have direct access to me. I will send them, you know, metal frames and I'll make, you know, they, they actually appreciate the art. Obviously that's a, that's a small percentage of what this market is. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are getting in and buying apes and, you know, those like avatar projects because they want to, you know, make, make money. And, um, I'm trying to stay away from those, those things and, and just focus on the people who are here for the art. I appreciate the art right. and want to, want to collect. So that's the thing that I've learned. There are the two sides. I think people, uh, you know, I respect both. And I think there are people who actually are here for the, the speculative side of things, but they also appreciate the work and, and just want to be a part of what I'm building. So it's right. just more, you know, I, I'm super thankful to, to, you know, to have that. And I had that before with, you know, Instagram and social media and then people appreciate the work, but now it's just, there's a financial part of it, which is, was not possible before. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to talk about the f- the financial part, obviously, and then there's several things I want to talk about. But there's something you, I mean, let's let's talk about community first of all, because I didn't realize that you 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 had built your own community, your Discord server, et cetera, et cetera, right? And if you look at things like the Board Eight Yacht Club, right? The Board Eight Yacht Club is not about the ape, right? It's about being part of that. It's a ticket into a special club. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a status thing. It's a status thing, right? Yeah. 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 So if you have the board ape, you're, you're, you know, it means something. And by the way, I don't know if most people know this, but board ape yacht club actually means something. One is an ape is a slang word for someone who's buying into a new coin system. (laughs) Yacht club is someone in the crypto world who's made a ton of money. (laughs) And someone bored is like, yeah, I don't know what to do with all this money. So you get the Board 8 Yacht Club. This actually means something. It's not just some silly, goofy name. It is a silly, goofy name, but it actually means something. And it sort of implies all these different people that are out there. So you get an idea of what this club is about, which is an interesting thing. Plus, you have your Discord server, which is where these people congregate. Um, And uh, I find that interesting. I think it's cool that you created your own club. Right, yeah. you've created your own Discord server. You have your own community, and you built this around people who have a passion for your, uh, for your uh, your work, mm-hmm. and they can uh, profit from it in some ways, either through the value of the work or through the community that they're surrounded themselves by. Right. Yeah, that's you hit on the the nail there, and it's it is a. Uh like even on the ape things where they started with it's like that like apes apes together strong right like that was the right. thing where they kind of started with and and that's kind of with uh on the crypto side of things as well and it's not that people 
are part of the community just because they they want to flip the work and make profit and all that like the people who will get into that just because the way i'm building it is the people who you know are, are the the good guys in the story if you if you could say that where people are helping each other like looking at different projects like sure uh, not just on the nft space like take that out of the question here it's just more crypto in general like different coins different investments you know there's that community aspect of it where i think the nft and you being a part of that is almost like you said a ticket for you to to belong in that community and that right. that, that makes it such an impact of just building connections making connections like i've i've got to know so many different people and where they're investors just because this this industry or the market in general it is more of an investor mindset like i've mm-hmm. i've got to know so many people that are involved on different things i've invested on some things myself like had different opportunities that i wouldn't have before um and i think the discord side of things where people are very happy to be there i've heard like so many good things because people are just talking like there's um when the you know when there's something interesting is in there when i'm dropping something new they will have first dips on on acquiring something that that's new from me obviously that's good for me you know for obvious reasons but it's also good for them because usually when i put something out there the value is is lower than the market would you know buy from initially so if they want to be a part of it they would profit from it as well i'm always dropping things in there where it's like oh here's you know something that's half of the the market value and they would buy in and resell it so they are making profits and then that's the only way for people to get in so that's kind of how you know it, right. someone will buy something they will get into the community now they are part of that so it's definitely like you said like the web 3 is just a lot more you know everybody's in control in a certain way it's not sure. just me it's just this community is now raising my work because they're investors in a way right so they it's almost like you, i have this group of people where they you know, they will go the extra mile to make sure my work is see, sure. being seen, that I have some opportunities. I have so many different cases where people will bring me, oh, this gallery is doing something that I, I know the person, like, would you be interested? Because they are they are interested in my work doing well. Because Yeah, you know, if your work does well, their investment does well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. Which it's, is a, good. it's a different... Uh, mechanics that we had before which is super interesting right and then not to say that's good or bad like, i mean there are right. good sides and bad sides about everything but there's you know it's a different different way of 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 uh marketing different way of internet different way of art like it it's just it's that's why everything is new i think we're all figuring it out so it's sure. very interesting so how many i mean i you don't have to tell me if you if you don't know the number or whatever but how many people do you have following you on your discord server right now Right now, there's about eight thousand people in the Discord, okay. and on the collectors group, there are like three hundred and fifty collectors. Okay. Around oh that wow. Number. Which is funny, That's... like if you think about three hundred and fifty, if you talk about seven hundred thousand on Instagram, is like such a small group. No, 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 but way more powerful. Way more powerful, <laughs> right? Like yeah, way yeah, more yeah. way more influence. One, 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 one collector equals a whole lot of power. So yeah. Yeah, it's been it's interesting because I've been doing almost like monthly or weekly drops when mm-hmm. I'll put something up there. It's like I've I've been doing pieces of like a hundred uh, copies, mm-hmm. so a hundred minted copies of the same image that I put it on my you know to my collectors and you know they'll just sell immediately because not just like in most of these people's are, people are holding because even some of the things that I'm doing it's like oh if you have two of my pieces from the past you get this one for free so it's just more. Right. I start rewarding the people who are being there for the long a long time. So right. it's just interesting for people to, you know, be a part of that. And it's almost like, you know, if you're if you're here early, you're gonna make it. Right. So it's just right. more this is just that mentality, right? So it's a lot of cool mechanics that can be Yeah, done. I mean tell me a little bit about the mechanics because I like the smart contracts are kinda interesting because you can build in all kinds of incentives in the contracts, et cetera, for for, yep. for it to be attractive. So what have you learned about some of the some of the mechanics of, of minting and, and, and smart contracts? Well, it's very, very new. I think I've, you know, started to get involved in some different groups like Menfold. It's like one of the, the groups that are doing these kind of big collections that they can actually, you know, kind of edit the contract to do certain things. Mm-hmm. There are the burning mechanics where, you know, you could either burn something to get something else where it could also be written in the contract. And that's probably the one that's going to pick up the most this year. 
just because of there's you know there's a lot of work out there and the more you mint the more you know the scarcity just kind of goes away so right. a lot of the things that you could do now is just, you know you've burned two of my works and you get something new and at the same time these two works that got burned you know the people who own that who own that work now it just becomes more valuable because there are less in the market right right so there are things like that that are very interesting like you could do merging two different contracts into one which is also very interesting right if i if you have something from me if you have an ape you know i'll make a banana you have an ape banana now you have you know the ape banana right like just right right right, right. that kind of stuff is uh, very yeah. interesting so like I said, it's just different ways to do art, and I think it's that that in itself it's art as well, and and, and you know it brings back to some of the game mechanics as well, which is very something that I've kind of used to, and it's cool to think of my work that way because I've done series in the past where I did like a, a Nintendo characters, for example, and I was doing one every every couple of days I'll do a different character towards the end of the character. To, uh, when I post the character, there was like a mystery of like who's next, right? There's sure. kind of like a social media gimmick thing I did uh, a couple years ago, and that you know people were like speculating like who's that, or they comment like even if it's obvious, like they would just comment, so it generate a lot of speculation and, and comments and all that. Um, so doing certain things like that with NFTs, which is like you know if you can guess who is next, then you buy a certain work because I could mm-hmm. do things that way where oh if you own this piece then you might get that one. So, you know, people, then you see, you see a lot of people buying that piece because they're speculating that they will get something for free in like, in a couple of months. So yeah, it's very cool. It's a different way to, to uh, go about the art. And I, a lot of that thing, those things is people who have no idea, which is the more, uh, you know, impressive way, uh, more exciting thing for me because people got, you know, certain like a bad taste because of NFTs in the past year of like with all the, the uh you know kind of the the what is it weather thing and like the carbon footprint yeah. Car- yeah the carbon footprint and all that stuff and immediately a lot of people shut down that door and you know obviously prices being crazy as they were people were like oh this is like money laundry blah 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 like all those things where it happens on the art world uh, you know art in general and and people kind of shut that door but there's so many things that are happening behind the scenes where you know all the things that I'm talking about here, and, and and the ability for people to actually make businesses in a way where it is more you creating your own token in a way, right? And you you control the supply, you control a lot of the you know different things. Uh, so you're doing that where people are part of that community, and uh, there's a lot a lot more things that can be done that I don't think we're kind of scratching the surface yet. Yeah. A lot of the things that I'm doing is just because I know certain people and I'm able to you know, kind of manipulate the contract in a certain way. It's not even like accessible to everyone to do that. But once that becomes accessible and people can realize that you can give away free tokens or a free access or a free membership, like the idea of Patreon, it, it's basically, it's what that is, right? right. Uh, the idea of Kickstarter. It's a Patreon that, that you're investing in. <laughs> you're not, you're not, right? You're just giving without, you know, receive, it's like a one-way street where you right, right, give right. something, you, you expect to receive something back. But imagine if you hold that and you could actually transfer it to someone in, you know, in uh, one, you know, if, if it becomes more valuable, if there are more people a part of that community, sure. right? If there is a certain number of supply that, you know, there are different ways that you can go about it. Like same thing for Kickstarter where it is the same thing. You're kind of, you know, investing in the in a project and if it works, then you get the product back. But there are, the the difference to me with all these things is because you are using a platform and you're somewhat attached to what the platform is going to do like i use gumroad like i've sold a lot of courses in gumroad and i'm i'm pretty much uh you know kind of a slave of the platform like they've changed so many you know things in the past you know couple years Mm -hmm. fees and you know kind of annual things and they, they change it so once it becomes more available like these platforms and i think this is basically like you control you control like the token, like you could do whatever you want with it because you know who has it. It's not attached to any platform. There are a lot of things that can be done once we detach from, uh, from certain things and also rewarding people. Sorry, I'm going sure. like, all over the place, but like, no, no, I, I listened. Uh, I, I find it fascinating. I, and I don't want to sell I, like, it sound like a, like I'm selling anything here. It's just, like, I know, I know <laughs> it's, 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 it's always been a problem when you t- start talking about, about anything in the in the web three or crypto world that you sound like you're trying yeah, to sell yeah. something and it's a t- problem because i actually have been fascinated by this a lot of people who listen to the podcast have been listening to this i i i am 
I do believe that Web3 is actually for the greater good in a lot of ways. Uh, and that's just on a personal uh, level. Uh, what I, but I still feel that there's a lot of misunderstandings, yeah. uh, both on the negative side and the positive side in terms of that. Okay. Uh, and yep. people need to really take a step back and think about it. But do you feel that there is a lot of people that are criticizing uh, Web3 that don't necessarily know everything about it like like what's what's especially things like for example the the carbon footprint of an nft like what what is your what is your, how do you how do you respond to that to that argument about that for example yeah yeah well you know i guess first of all i don't have the full picture of i, I think nobody does right of like what right. the impacts are but with that said there are a lot of different you know coins and different um you know, networks that are that are doing something that are not they're not going to impact anything. So I don't right. think people even look at that side of things, right? Where they would just look at Bitcoin or Ethereum and then just be, you know, that's going to destroy the planet. And it's not even looking at what the future looks like where, right. you know, there's E2.0 and a lot of things that are being worked on to, to solve that problem. Right. But I do think there are people who are talking, you know, which is obviously that happens with everything, but they're talking about these things that they know what it is, but they don't necessarily do Like even Web3, right? Like when you're a part of, uh, a website, you know, you know, let's like Super Air, for example, right? Like Super Air is a platform where you sell one-on-ones and you mm -hmm. do all the, the art. Um, it is basically like a one-on-one -on -one platform. Mm -hmm. And they, what they did basically is that they took the, the profit of the website because they get 15% off, off sales and mm -hmm. they created a bank, right? They created a, a coin mm -hmm. and they gave away the coins to the, the users, right? Which is the investors, like all the, the users. Now imagine websites doing, doing a similar thing where, Basically, all the money that they make goes into the coin that goes that goes into the users. So if the, the website does well, the community does well, if you're a user, you, you're you going to get money from it. And, and like I made a, a big amount, like a great amount of money just for being a part of that website where right. people have no idea, where it's like, oh, you know, that makes no sense. Like, you know, why, you know, why would I use this thing? Like there's so many you know, applications that can be used because you are basically decentralizing the, the profits, right? Right. And if the, basically how the website makes money is that the, you know, the, the, the CEOs or the, the employees or whatever, they hold that coin. Sure. And if the coin does well, you know, they'll make more money. So it basically, it's spread out between all, obviously there are goods and bets with a lot of these things where people do fake pumps and, you know, it's like, you have to be careful where you get, involved with but i think sure. the te the potential of the technology is amazing with what can be done in the future and that's just the one case of like a successful case where it is more about you know you're investing because there is something behind it it's you're not just buying a coin like ship right if you're not just buying ship because which is like you know a lot of people bought ship and it's like oh there's mm -hmm. not nothing behind it like why would i invest on something like that no but there's a, a projects there actually technology behind it and community behind it like sure. yeah there's there are good things out there so that's like one application of web3 and like i've been involved on different things as well where it is um you know it's a good product and then they use the back end of of web3 to to reward the users right so, yeah yeah uh i i actually totally agree with that um um that's i find it very interesting the concept of decentralization right because obviously you know you i i the best way, and I haven't been thinking about 2005, 2007, when you know, when 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 Web two came about, like mm -hmm. how this was going to change everything, and then like all of a sudden, two, 2020, you know, 22, 21, whatever, and I start looking back at Web two, and I'm like, you know what it became? Because it was the promise of the community is going to build Web two, right? Mm -hmm. But it became advertising. It's like all these big corporations profited from advertising right. and that's just from doing that. So the decentralization of of the internet is kind of the interesting thing. I find it fascinating that NFTs was just a mechanical thing, right? It was built around the idea of something that is non-fungible. Mm -hmm. And it was really started as an idea of contracts almost like insurance, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And then suddenly art like that could be an nft right. <laughs> and, and then the, the entire art community became such an important part of web3 out of completely unexpected i think that that was kind of an interesting thing do you yeah. think that there's a clash like between you know 
the 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 crypto world was you know filled with crypto bros right and they weren't necessarily very artistic people in some ways well, how did they react when suddenly their world was invaded by art you know like like right. what what do you think about that because that happened like bam like in a month it was everywhere yeah, yeah. people did it really in a lot of ways so yeah yeah no it's funny it that definitely happened and i still there, i i still think there's a lot of people even on the crypto space who are like this fucking NFT thing, it makes no sense, right? There's still right. a lot of people who, who wouldn't invest on it, but right. a lot of people are also using the art as a facade to the token, right? Which is, and that's why, you know, projects like, you know, Bored Ape and even the punks, right? It's just more, oh, you make a token, like anybody can make a token. And if you make one and you have, you know, the images are, are just you know, the displayed version of, of, of the token. So mm -hmm. there's also that, that side of things. And I think a lot of people invest on it that way as well, where, like I said, there are different ways of going about it. And I think the, the, that's the beauty of it. I think the NFT is just more of a, it's just a tool, right? Like you could do so sure. many different things on it. it. It could just be, it could just hold the art. It could just be a one-on-one. There's no specific value to the token itself. It's just more, well, the token is attached to, to the art and, and, and the values right is, is that I think this year we'll start seeing a lot more inter interesting things do, done with the contract. And once that starts happening, I think it will change a lot of people's perspective on what can actually be done with it. Right. So like, it, like you said, it, it is more of the smart contract that can hold anything. Basically, if you can script on it, if you can write, write in a contract, like I've done the drops that I've done with Christie's, for example. Uh, yeah. Just, you've worked, I mean, you've worked with major, auction houses like Christie's and, and Sotheby's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was that was crazy last year. Like I had no idea that would that would ever be possible. So like here we are. Right. How many but, how many pieces have you sold through through those auction houses? Yeah, uh, it was one piece each. The Okay. The the Christie's was was a one on one. The Sotheby's one there was a smart contract where the owner of that piece basically that piece is split up into seven different uh pieces after that. So if mm -hmm. the, whoever bought one also got like a almost like a breakdown of like seven and mm -hmm. there are different rewards for like people hold one-on-ones in certain collections they would get a certain perk and if that person has you know a major perk because he basically have a lot of one-on-ones but basically you know i guess the the point of christie's is that they were actually like writing a custom contract so it wasn't just like oh i'm going going this website and i'll mint the work no it was like almost like you know selling a a house but i mean the house right. is way more complicated but it's like right. when was it built like what it's supposed to do you know what's like everything about it and everything that you know if the person decides to display like what's the requirement for displaying it was a lot of like everything is written in the contract for this person to know if they can sell it if they if they can display it if they can put it on galleries because a lot of this is happening now where there's like nft shows all over and they're starting to display the work and which is you know that's awesome on itself where it's just right people who appreciate it have galleries they want to be a part of that community they're just you know displaying digital works in physical galleries which is awesome like museums i was in uh, a couple different museums last year where uh it was it was pretty cool but basically it was like that's not yeah, pretty cool that's awesome <laughs> yeah it was right like it, it's completely shift on mentality which is yeah. i wasn't expecting that that would ever happen but you know Money, money talks. That's that's for sure. I think it's amazing that digital art would never have gotten the recognition that it does now. That you guys are being shown in galleries, uh, that would never have happened if it wasn't for that shift that happened, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like major gallery houses displaying the work, and it, we're just. I feel like we're just getting started because now people are looking for ways to display it. Right? Like we haven't had. Right. A lot of investments on that side of things for a long time. Like Samsung is coming out with TVs now that that you can rotate 90 degrees to display the work vertically, and it, like that's like a, an actual product that's coming out, and it's like that's awesome. Like I've never thought sure. that 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 would you know that we will see that uh, companies. Like I had a meeting this morning, you know, about you know a company that's investing on different things, and they're talking to the artists. Like when would that ever happen? Where it's like, oh, I'm interested in your community. We're putting this product out. Like I want you to create something for us, and it's just wow. more like you put your name out there because you can you control, you know. Like I, I keep saying, you control the resources, and it's like like that wasn't possible before. So it's it's an interesting right. shift. I think again, I'm not trying to sell anything here. I don't have to sell anything at this point, but like I'm trying to show people where, you know, if you 
if you've invested on your work, if you like this kind of stuff and you invest in community as well, like even if you don't have a following, like I think do it for the art. I think it's more than just, yeah, I'll go in to make a quick buck and it's like, you know, crypto is a lot of money. It's like, no, there's an actual opportunity to do something cool. Like I'm going now, like using some of the, you know, kind of the sales from last year and like building like a, a, a statue line. And I just, you know, I'm kind of building a collector base where, Right, I can do more things that I, I would have to invest my own money before. So it's um, it's it's pretty cool. That's I well, first of all, I that's I'm so glad that you're saying all these things because I think people need to sort of see some of the potential and some of this stuff. And again, I don't necessarily think that people should just go away and 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 throw away everything and start making NFTs because that's not how it starts. It starts yep. with it starts with a community that you have to build over years and years that you've already been doing. So uh, that's a yep. really cool thing. That's a great point. Yeah. Okay. A couple last questions before we, we go here. Okay. I have, you know, I think your people have been asking this question. It's kind of a stupid question, but I think it's a relevant one. What is your definition of the metaverse in some ways? <laughs> it's just, and think about what, how does, how does your work uh, uh, live inside of that? <laughs> Oh well, yeah, I mean that's a great question because I I feel like there's a lot of hype now with the mm -hmm. word metaverse, right? Yep. Uh, and it's, people just have to be careful with uh, what they take out of it. Like I think we are we we live in a metaverse for a few years now, or or you know I, I see it in my kids where they are in uh, in iPads and uh, Roblox, like it's just like nonstop, and it it it's like that's basically what it is. Like you just live in that little universe and. We've done that throughout the years with like, you know, the Sims and like all these like Second Life. Like we've been through phases where it's like, oh, this is it. Like we're going into the metaverse and it's mm -hmm. always been that kind of hype. And I think especially with COVID and everything and then you see these big companies now with crypto having um, the opportunity of doing digital money that it's a little more achievable now. And you get a certain types of um, generations being interested in um and I think we are going to go into more of a uh, integration phase where everything is going to start talking to to each other. Because I think before it was always like, oh, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And I think the beauty of blockchain is because everybody could live into that ecosystem where nobody owns it, right? So if you have a certain information, everybody could pull from that. So it's just yes. that allows from a bunch of things, especially in the game, gaming, right? Like if you go into... And I, like you see things with like you know, Ubisoft, like doing the NFT things, and, and wasn't successful just because I think it's it's how you approach it, how you you're explaining that data. If you go in with like oh, I'm just gonna sell all these NFTs, that's not the right way to go about it. It's just more if we are using all this data and it lives on the blockchain, what can we, what can we build from that? And I think I've I've seen a lot of companies investing on, you know, how you display that information. Like you know, let's say I go I watch Disney Plus tonight, and I you know I could that information can get populated like to my collectors. It's like, Hey, if you're a fan of star Wars, you have access to this thing that I created. And like, I've could never done that before, but now I actually, I can have a certain uh, certainty that you you've done something that's not connected to any sort of platform. And I think that's the beauty of what blockchain will uh, make it accessible for metaverses. Right. And once that starts happening, I think we are going to start living in a, in a world that's a little more, free in a way right like the information is just going to be accessible to whoever wants to build on it not just like oh facebook controls everything and it has all the data right so basically as long as there's no walled gardens right like the walled garden is the opposite of the metaverse in a lot of yeah, ways yeah. exactly <laughs> and i mean that's what's scary about facebook right when they brand themselves as like meta meta and they are starting they want to control that that uh that information is like that's a little scary because that goes against what people are trying to build. So I feel like that's uh, that's what metaverse to me will mean in the future. Not like we're not going to live inside a VR set, headset, right? It's just more, we're going to all be connected in, in a way. Yeah, my battery my battery went out on my camera, but that's okay. We'll, we'll manage that. <laughs> but okay, well, that's you, fast. That's, you, got uh, in, you got into the matrix, like you speaking too many metaphors. Yeah, yeah, I realized like, oh crap. I, they can't swing off battery. Uh, <laughs> no, but listen, this is this is really great. I, I am, uh, uh, I've, I'm, I'm, 
I think it's really interesting that that what's happening in the metaverse. Uh, I think it's really interesting that you say said what you did about the definition of what it is, uh, because I think it's uh, it's undefinition is actually kind of more interesting in some ways. Uh, but yeah, it's really really fascinating. Uh, well, listen, this has been this has been really great. Uh, I'm really excited uh, to be able to talk to you about it. You gave me even more than I expected in terms of all the excitement and what you're you're doing out there. I think it's congratulations, by the way, on figuring it out, like figuring out something that's really interesting and sort of sticking to your style and your art in that way. So it's really, really kind of awesome. Thank you, thank you, Chris. So, like again, I don't want to sell. I know I went to this this kind of uh, the, the meta kind of tangent here, but I don't want to sound like I'm selling anything. To me, I've always looked at things that are interesting enough that I know I could, that kind of, I could build on top of it. Like, you know, same thing like Patreon was one thing, like Gumroad's another thing. I've always been Instagram, right? Like I've never been scared to try to build stuff on it. It's just more, how can I use the tool and, 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 and to my own work and always focusing on my own work. I've never, like, you're not going to see me doing all these avatar projects because I want to make like millions of dollars. Like that's not what this is about. It's just more, how can I just, you know, always keep up and like we, we talked about in the beginning, like how can you keep up with technology and yeah. how you can build art on top of that. I think it's always been the challenge for all of us to, you know, first keep up with all the softwares and the cool things that this industry can do. And then how do you make cool stuff? Because the software can really do the work. You have to be the one behind it, putting it, sure. you know, putting it to work and making cool stuff. So I think this is kind of the phase that we're living in now. Like who knows where this is going to go in the future. And, you know, uh, again, I'm trying to, show some of the things that, uh, that at least I've been doing like hopefully I know there's some friends that, that are doing the same thing and um, being very successful with it and I think a lot more people because we hold the talent like this industry is like I see people complaining about you know all these things are selling they're kind of you know they're they're not good it's like dude you if you're saying that like you have the control to make something good so why not go at, right. go at it and then try to make something out of it so I hope you know people at least look at look at it uh and do not get blocked by the fact that uh, it might be something that kind of threw you off at the beginning. And sort of, I, I think that people need to examine the communities that are out there, right? And you know, if, you, if you're able to, instead of Instagram getting all the advertising dollars for your likes, <laughs> why not just basically yes. take what you've done and, and, uh, and give it to the community and the community can profit from it uh, themselves? And they, so. I mean, they, they get scared by it as well, right? Like you see when TikTok came out, like they start rewarding the people with money for views. Now Instagram started doing that. Mm -hmm. so it's always like we slowly start shifting that yeah. that mindset where the creators are, are what matter for these platforms. And if not, they're just going to go somewhere else. And I think with Web3, we're going to start seeing some things where it is going to shift some things around. So yep. yeah, so yep. I've switched to, to the Brave browser. So let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, cool, Raf. Thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate it, man. Anytime.